0: said this before that you sing something uh, that you may not have yet realized Um, and the more you live life you come to realize that it's true and then there's times you sing something and it's because you've realized that it is true and you sing it from somewhere deep down within and you say I'm desperate for you Lord um, because I've been through and I've learned uh, through life and through hardship and through trials and through difficulty that i can't do this without you and i don't want to do it without you and that's a special place to be but either place where if you're either place god promises to meet us there and be with us on into the future and that's an incredible thing all right well good morning and welcome to tri-cities church um i am wesley i'm one of the pastors here i just got a quick announcement on um, the the uh, middle school uh bible study is meeting this morning uh and so you'll go with kim and cedric all right Kim, Cedric, would you please raise your hand, stand up Alright, uh, middle school Bible studies meeting this morning We we just started this middle school Bible study uh, Where we have middle schoolers who come and study the scriptures while we're studying the scriptures We do it, uh, how often is it? Every other week uh, Every other week, and so this is an every week <laughs> Right, and so the middle school Bible study is happening um, this morning Alright, um, we're, uh, we're, we finished up our series last week We were talking about election, all of our signs are gone we finished up that series, and this morning we're just talking about, uh, we're looking in the Scriptures. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 30, and then we're also going to be in Matthew chapter 6. And so you might want to turn to Proverbs chapter 30, Matthew chapter 6. Just go ahead and, and, and turn there. We'll be there in just a moment. Hey, I just want to give you a reminder. On your way in, you should have gotten one of these handouts. Um, and on the front it says bread, and it has a place for you to take notes. On the back, it just has some questions so you can go deeper into the uh, message that we're talking about this morning. Hey, I want to uh, just recommend that you, that you take some time and, and read that. Ask those questions. Seriously engage them. It's an opportunity to go deeper into the scriptures that we look at on Sunday morning. And so if you ever have any questions on the scriptures or, or if you ever say, how can I apply this to my life? That's what that, that handout is for. It's to help you ask these questions. It'll help you say, well, I've heard this message, but how can I apply this to my life? How is this relevant for me? And those questions should guide you into a deeper study in, into what that looks like. Also. Hey, I'm always willing to to join you in conversation about the scriptures. If there's ever a question you have on the sermon or anything that's said on Sunday morning, if you ever have a question or, or just a question about faith, you might be reading the Bible during the week and you have something that challenged you or something that raised a question in your mind, and you want to just ask that question and go a little bit deeper. Feel free to grab me on Sunday mornings and ask me. Also, feel free to grab Jamie. Jamie, wave your hand. Jamie was back there on the keys. Uh, Jamie is one of our pastors as well. And you can feel free to grab either me or Jamie. And we'd love to, to go deeper with you in the scriptures and answer any questions that you might have uh, from the message or just from anything. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's pray before we get into our message this morning. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that we come in places like this and we meet you here. God, we give you thanks that we go to our homes and we can meet you there. God, we thank you that even in our workplaces that we can meet you there and that we have been given the permission by you, that we've been given uh, the power by you, and God, that you promised to give us the courage and boldness that we might engage in, that we might participate in the work that you're doing here in this place, the work that you're doing in our homes, the work that you're doing in our communities and in our workplaces. And so God, please just use us and please help us to hear your word and how it's calling us to live in a way that we might be used by you. This morning, God, open our ears. We might have heard these passages that we're going to read before, but God, please open our ears that we might hear them freshly, that we might hear them anew that we might be challenged forward. It's in your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, well, we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 30. I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. I'm going to read verse 7 through 9. Then I'm going to flip over to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read from there as well. So Proverbs 30, uh, verse 7, it says, Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still and so dishonor the name of my God. And then Matthew chapter six, I'm going to begin reading in verse nine. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, in both of those two passages I just read, there's a phrase that's common, and that's our daily bread. Now, in this morning, as I walked in the door, and I typically don't do this because I typically thought through what I'm going to say And I did this once before, and I said, if it goes badly, it wasn't planned before this morning. But I was thinking about this passage where it talks about uh, bread. And I was thinking about uh, this Friday. I spent all day Friday, or most of the day Friday, while I fixed my car one, which I'm kind of proud of because it's running a lot better than it was running before. And then I spent a good portion of the day working in the yard, raking leaves, uh, cutting down some branches, moving stuff, and just doing some yard work. Uh, that needed to be done and i was hungry right it it got to be about five o'clock kim came home from work i was hungry i hadn't taken a break i was dehydrated i drank a lot of water and i wanted to eat something but i knew we were planning on going out for dinner on friday evening and so uh, we we went online we searched for restaurants we found this restaurant holman and finch on Street. we decided we would go there to eat and so it's, just, it's a nice restaurant, and we got there, and we sit down at our table, and Kim begins looking around at what other people are eating, and she says, I think this is a tapas restaurant. And if you've ever been to a tapas restaurant, the plates are fairly small, right? And the portion sizes aren't a lot. And here I am, I'm looking at the prices, because they're big plate prices, but but the plates were awfully small. And so I lean over to, to our waiter, and I say, hey, um, Uh, what what are the portions like here he says this is a small plate restaurant but the flavor is worth it um and so we're sitting there i was a little too embarrassed to get up and walk out but i was starving right and so i'm going down the menu i'm looking at what i could order and i come across this bread box right the cheapest thing on the menu bread box because you could get full off of And so the first thing I told the waiter, I said, the, the first thing I want is this, this bread box, um, because there's something about bread, right? There's something satisfying about uh, bread. And he said, he said to me, he said, good choice. We make our own bread and you'll enjoy it. And I did. We read in these two passages, in the first one, this guy is praying to God, and he says, God... Give me my daily bread. In fact, he says, God, give me only my daily bread. And then in the second passage is Jesus, and he's teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says, pray for your daily bread. Right. And now what they're using this, this word here, this word bread, they're using it to refer to the food that nourishes our body, but also more than that. Because right? the reality is, we need food in order to survive. In order to live, we need food. We must have food. It's a necessity of life. In fact, researchers and people say that we can probably only live about eight weeks without food. Now, some won't last that long, so don't try it. All right, this is one of those things, don't try this at home. Right, some won't last that long. Some will last longer. But they say, on average, we live about eight weeks. As long as we have food and water, we'll live eight weeks Um, without any, as long as we have water, we will live eight weeks without any food. And so here this, the author in the Bible, Jesus one and the other one being this guy that's praying to God says, God, give me my daily bread because that's what I need to sustain my body. And so he's talking about that food that we need, that we all need in order to have the energy to go through life and ultimately to survive. But he's also talking about all the things that we need to live. Because the reality is there's numerous things that make up our life. Maybe you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of need. You might have learned this in school, talked about it just in passing. Probably you never really studied it in depth. That's the way I am. It's this pyramid. It may bring to memory this pyramid with this hierarchy of need. And at the bottom, forming the foundation are these physiological needs that we all have right that we need these things in order to live things like food shelter uh, water sleep these things that we need to survive and then there's this next level that has security things that we need we need uh, to be physically secure we need a secure employment right there's different forms of security that we need around us and ultimately what we see in the scriptures and what we see in life itself is that there are certain things that we need to survive there are things that make up our life and that is our daily bread and so the authors in the bible when they use this word bread they're saying god i need this to survive not just bread right don't just give me a bread box um, book but, but give me the things that i need in order to live now the absence of bread the lack of the things that we need to live that's poverty that's what poverty is and when you look back at at, uh, at proverbs chapter 30 in verse verse 9 it says um in verse 8 it says keep falsehood and lies from me give me neither poverty nor riches but only my daily bread when we live in the absence of bread that's poverty now i want to challenge you to do something with me this morning close your eyes this may be uncomfortable because you have people around you but fight the discomfort right close your eyes and imagine with me imagine with me what poverty looks like try to get one image maybe in your head it it may be an image of a, of a, a, a empty cabinet or an empty refrigerator um it may be an image of, a, of a, a thin child, maybe one of those commercials that you used to see a lot on TV, these children that were living in extreme poverty and hadn't had anything to eat. What, what's an image of poverty that you have? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? All right, now keep your eyes closed and imagine with me, what does poverty feel like? Maybe there's one emotion that comes to mind. What, is it, what does it feel like? And then imagine what's the opposite of that place. All right, you can open your eyes. Hopefully you have an image in your mind. Now, when I think about the opposite of poverty, the first thing that comes to my mind is this place of plenty, right? This place where you have all the bread in the world, kind of like the never-ending bread box. This place where you have all that you need to live plus more. I think of this place of plenty, And I think of a place of pleasure, a place where we're happy, where there's joy that's overwhelming um, because we have all the things we need plus more. But in reality, poverty and plenty are just two separate ends, almost extremes, if you will, of a spectrum. If you were to place them on a spectrum, they would be two opposite extremes on a spectrum. But listen to me, there's two equally damaging and destructive places they have the potential to be equally damaging and destructive places and in fact they're not opposites of one another there's a philosopher famous philosopher um uh, the notorious big right he said mo money mo problems right he's known for saying that because the reality is that money and plenty is not the solution for poverty both the two are too equally damaging and have potential to be equally destructive extremes but when we can imagine what it's like to be in poverty or if we've ever been there right because let's be honest poverty is a reality here right if we've ever been in poverty or we can imagine what it's like to live in poverty the natural inclination of the human being is to desire the other extreme it's to want to go from plenty to poverty And in fact, when you've imagined it, like the notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls has, right? He's saying, hey, that's not going to stop me from chasing after and pursuing plenty and pursuing wealth because I've imagined it, I've experienced it, I've been there and I want to be at the other extreme. There's something in me that wants to be there because I know what it's like to live in poverty. But the scriptures are teaching us something different. I was at a conference, a couple of beginning of this year towards the beginning of this year and i heard west stafford the president of compassionate international speak and he said the opposite of poverty is not wealth the opposite of poverty is enough and when he first said that i began to think this guy doesn't know what he's talking about right The opposite of poverty is plenty as wealth um, but the reality is the opposite of not enough is simply enough And the opposite of plenty or wealth, more than enough, the opposite of that is simply enough. And so there's this reality that that there's this place that we were intended to live, and it wasn't at the extreme where things are destructive and things begin to spiral out of control where there's extreme poverty and extreme need, as the author in Proverbs chapter 30 says... In verse 9, he says, Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord and become poor and still and so dishonor the name of the Lord. It's not at the poverty extreme and it's not at the extreme wealth or plenty extreme that we were created to live. But ultimately, we were created to live in the middle. We were created to live with enough. And so the author of Proverbs understands this. He gets this and he prays. God, keep me in a place of balance. Keep falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. And Jesus teaches his disciples to pray for their daily bread. And when the first century hearers would have heard Jesus say this, say uh, this prayer and teach them to pray that, they would have thought back to the Israelites, and, and when God released them, you read the story in Exodus when God released them from Egypt, and they were wandering in the wilderness, and they didn't have food to eat, and they had to rely on God from day to day to give them what was called manna from heaven, right? And God gave them just enough. For the day that was a part of their narrative a part of their life story and when they heard jesus say pray for your daily bread immediately that would have come to mind it's this place where i'm in the wilderness where there's a shortage of what i need but god is supplying and god ultimately is enough for my need and so they're saying keep me in this place of balance where i don't have too much and i lose sight of who you are and I don't have too little, and I begin to steal, but keep me in a place of balance. Daily bread, bread represents balance. Now I want you to hear me, that God is not opposed to wealth, right? Those who are wealthy, God isn't looking down on you and saying, shame on you. But I will say this, that those who have wealth, God expects something from you, just as he expects from us all. But God expects something of you, and that's that we be, we all be living ultimately for God's glory, and we use the things that have been given to us, whether it's plenty or whether it's, well, maybe I wish I could have a little bit more than this. Wherever you are, God expects us to use what we have ultimately for his glory for the good of creation for the blessing of people so there's this place of balance and what is that for you i think that's one of the questions on the handout this week is what is enough for you you see the reality is we have to step back at times in life and we have to ask ourselves that question what is my enough i remember hearing this preacher speak and prominent preacher in a large church say that when he was starting out that he and his wife sat down and they asked themselves what is enough for us to live off of what, what do we need to live with and they set the amount and they said as we go into the future right as we or, or maybe have the potential to earn more as we have the potential to receive more What is enough? Because reality is in the moment when more than enough comes, few of us are going to turn it away, but most of us are going to find useful ways to use it. Right? More clothes, more shoes, more bigger house, more cars, different things. When in reality, God has a way for us to use it. And God created us that we might live in balance. Not that we might live in poverty, but that we might live in balance with enough and l- use the extra, right? If you're able to earn extra and use the extra for the blessing of it people, for the building of his kingdom, and for the glorification of God. And so ultimately, what we see here uh, when we read this text and we take this and we turn it around and we begin to uh, apply it to our lives What we see here is that one of the most useful tools that we can use for the building of our faith is a balanced budget, right? Having a budget that is useful and helpful. You see, a budget isn't just a good financial tool, right? It's a good faith tool. It's useful for building up our faith. Because in reality, God often isn't going to, when we have the potential to earn more, and in fact, more than enough, God's not going to pull the string always to say, hey, that's it, that's, that's the stopping point. But he'll give us the potential to earn more, make more, progressively throughout life. And ultimately, we should find ourselves being more generous. You see, generosity is something that we increase in we increase in our giving throughout the course of our lives because God gives us the ability and the means both at times to earn more, but at times to become more financially free so that we could be deeper involved and deeper rooted in what God is doing here in the earth financially. And so we see that a budget, having a budget, being able to think through our finances, right? And being able to budget in our giving, our charitable gifts. I sat down just another other day with this uh, a financial planner, insurance salesman and financial planner. And I sat down and he began to ask me these questions about uh, our, our finances and how we had things set up. And he said, how much do you have budgeted for charitable gifts? And I said, does that include the church and everything? And he said, yes. And there's this idea that even in our budget, it, we should budget into our expenses, uh, the things, the ways that we're going to use our money, our giving. Because in reality, if we leave our giving to last, we'll have nothing else to use for charitable gifts. I guarantee you I can find something to spend every last cent that I have on. Right? I always tell Kim this. Kim, Kim is she's, she's not a big spender. She's not a huge shopper. and and, and so she could have like she'll get gift cards and things for christmas and um or money for christmas from people and and it'll just sit around the house and and it just eats me alive like i'm sitting there i'm looking at these gift cards and i'm like you gonna use that you gonna use that you know some of those things have an expiration date on them right Uh, because i i never have to wonder where i want my money to go like i have always have something in my head that i want that i can't afford um And if we're not careful we'll spend the last dime and before we know it we won't have anything left for charitable gifts to giving to God's work here to giving to God's work out there reality is God created us to be generous people and it's a budget that helps us to stay within the that 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 balanced place and so there is this reality that there's this prayer that the the guy who wrote Proverbs wrote or, or prayed and he said God keep me in a balanced place Place, verse 8, false, keep falsehood and lies from my lips. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. So there's, there's a reality that we pray that prayer, and I want to challenge you to pray that prayer, because as you pray prayers, just as we sing songs, as you pray prayers, there are times when that becomes reality for you. You may be saying, well, I kind of want wealth right now. Um, but but I'm praying this prayer, and I'm asking that, God, you change my heart as I do this. Because often prayer isn't about changing God, right? But it's about changing us. It's not about what we want God to do, but it's about what God wants to do through us. And so we begin praying this prayer, knowing what the desires of our hearts might be, but we're saying, God, transform me and help me. And that's why I'm praying this prayer, because I want you to open me up to what you desire for my life. I want you to open me up to this place of balance where you want me to be so that I'm not spiraling out of control and ultimately, ultimately, I'm honoring you in every aspect of my life, in every aspect of my life. And so I just want to give you three, um, I want to give you three practical ways um, to, uh, to, to have a, a, a budget for a balanced life, right? Three practical ways for a budget for a balanced life. The first is be realistic, um, be realistic, not optimistic optimistic budgeting always almost always will create pessimistic people right uh, i was watching this movie last night i was watching this movie a uh, national lampoon's uh, christmas vacation have y'all seen this movie it's a silly movie um but the, you know the the main character what is his name Ch- chuck 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 uh clark clark yeah all right clark y'all know the movie uh clark is played by chevy 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 chase Right, and he's the main character in that movie, and you know that it's his Christmas. He has his dream Christmas. There's all these lights on the house. The family's going to be there, and and I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. You know, all the family gets together often. That doesn't go in an ideal way, but he has somehow had this dream that it was going to turn out right. Right, and and everything is falling apart. Everything is going wrong. And it gets to Christmas Day, and the mailman hasn't shown up with his Christmas bonus, right? You know the movie? And, and he has already spent, he's already put a 7000 down payment on an in-ground pool to be installed in his backyard, right? He's expecting this Christmas bonus. Christmas Day comes, mailman hasn't come. On Christmas Day, the mailman shows up and says, hey, it was in my truck, and I realized that I didn't deliver it. He brings it to him, and it's a year gym membership. And he's already spent the money. And he says, oh, this check is going to bounce. He's already spent the money, put the down payment in this in-ground pool. And here he is. He was budgeting optimistically. And optimistic budgeting often creates pessimistic people. And so be realistic when you're budgeting. I remember when my wife and I first got married. You know, you get married, people give you all these wedding gifts, and you get money, and I had been pretty much a student and poor up into that point and i had more money than i ever had in all my life and like i said i mean i had things i always wanted to spend my money on on life lesson and i went out and i spent it and it's almost like an addiction right you almost get this kind of sense of high from spending if you never had money to spend before and i couldn't stop and there was one more big purchase that i wanted and i put it on my credit card and I'm thinking, I will pay for that. I'm sure I will have the money to pay for that. And there were years later, and I was still paying for it, and I learned my lesson. Optimistic budgeting. I said, surely I'll make enough to pay for it, and I didn't. And the reality is we budget realistically, right? We set our finances up realistically and not optimistically, because if we're optimistic often it will create pessimistic people we will find ourselves falling short and ultimately finding falling out of this place of balance this place of balance that god created us to be the second thing we do is create margin we create margin that means we don't live as much as is possible we don't live paycheck to paycheck right we don't spend it all we don't spend all the way up to the last cent even if we know tomorrow's payday right we don't live all the way up to the last cent because you never know what kind of unexpected things I see head and eyes y'all know this we've probably most of us in this room have most probably learned this from experience right um, something happens and you've spent it all and then it's now what and something gets cut and often it's our generosity our extra gets cut and we find ourselves no longer living generous lives we find ourselves living check to check trying to pay the bills in reality generosity is not just for those who have margin but it's for those who create margin and make a way so that they are able to give generously notice the word this year is there create margin margin doesn't just exist it doesn't fall out of the sky it's something that we work towards it's something that we create we make space in our lives this is true financially this is true in terms of our time right if we use up every last moment in our time we'll never have time for others we'll never have time to give to others to bless others To spend with others, and our lives will find will begin to revolve around ourselves, and we'll fall out of balance. We'll find ourselves not in that place of enough, but we'll find ourselves out of balance with reality. The third thing, so the first was be realistic. The second one was create margin, and then the final one is be generous. Tri Cities Church is a generous church. It's one of our our values it's written on the wall it's one of the things we're committed to and as a new church we want to really have this woven into the fabric the culture of our church All right here we are as a as a new church we're, we're you know a little over a year we've been meeting uh, not even a year that we've been uh, meeting and gathering weekly Uh, and even before tri-cities church began to gather uh, weekly in november of last year some of you remember that november of last year we took up a big offering to start a food co-op and we've given several updates and maybe you haven't heard anything lately but tri-cities uh family food co-op is up and running right we started with with 12 families back at the beginning of this year We've gone up to 24 families now. And so every other week, Tri-Cities Church is feeding 24 families with multiple boxes of food. We've given away already 48 turkeys in the last two months um, because as a church, we're committed to generosity. Um, And this is something that's woven into the fabric of our church. It's something that's a part of our culture. And ultimately, we realize that the church isn't called to be generous. The church is generous. Uh, Generosity is a part of what the church is. It's not something that we strive toward. It's something that the church is. It's something that we as a people are. And so it takes generous people to make up the church. And so God has chosen to build a community. And that community is made of generous people. That's not like an optional thing because the church is generous. And we realize this and we're looking at ways that we as a community can increase in generosity. You might say, well, if I'm giving away, if I'm giving so much, how does that keep me in a place of balance? Well, the scriptures teach that God has given to us so that we might give and that as we give, we find that God gives us so that we can continue to give. That ultimately God fills us up so that we can continue to pour out. There's this this story in in Luke chapter 12 that Jesus um, it's a parable a story that Jesus tells in luke chapter 12 verse i think i'm beginning in verse 16 it says and he told them this parable this is jesus he says the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest he thought to himself what shall i do i have no place to store my crops then he said this is what i'll do let me pause right there he said this is what i'll do often when we say this is what i'll do we have these what seem in the moment to be bright ideas (laughs) might not be Um, so then he said this is what I'll do I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones and there I'll store, store my surplus grain and I'll say to myself another bad idea sometimes I'll say to myself you have plenty of grain laid up for many years take life easy eat, drink, and be merry But God said to him, you fool. Never want to hear that. God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it would be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. That's a principle for us. Because the reality is we can store things up, and it's true you should create margin i'm not saying get rid of your savings account spend it all on giving to others but we could store things up and we find ourselves having more than enough and we don't schedule when we don't budget in generosity we'll spend it all and god will be left out but the scriptures are always challenging us to find ourselves in that place of balance and the irony is, is that balance, this place of enough, this neither poverty nor riches that we began with in Proverbs chapter 30, this neither poverty or, nor riches is ultimately achieved when we don't pursue uh, plenty or when we don't pursue uh, poverty, but when we pursue this place of balance and we give and we participate in what God is doing and we find ourselves balanced by god there's a song that um it says uh, you are my daily bread and it's a song to god and ultimately it's saying that god is that enough and that i can give and trust that god will give and supply for my needs that ultimately god is enough let's pray god we're thankful this morning that you've Um, giving us this time to study your word god we thank you for this place of balance that we see in the scriptures this place where we have only our daily bread god we can imagine what it's like to live in poverty some of, of, of us have been there some of us are there and it's a hard place to be god God, I pray that in that time of poverty that we will learn to trust you more. That our faith will be built up and strengthened. We'll learn to rely on you and we'll discover there that you're faithful. And God, some of us have been there and we know what it's like and now we're experiencing something different. We're finding that we have maybe more than what we've had in the past more than what we actually need more than enough but we're finding ways to use it some of us have built bigger barns that we might store it up god i just pray that you will restore in our lives this place of balance that you'll bring us back to the middle god that's hard But we need your help. And we need your help. And so God, please help us. Please help us to make difficult decisions. Please help us to trust you. God, please strengthen our faith so that we might stand boldly and strongly at a place of enough. God, please help us to budget realistically, to create margin, to give generously, that ultimately we might be your people. Serving you, your church. In your Son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen.